0: Welcome to the Digicom Cafe, located at the intersection of faith and technology. We hope you enjoy your cafe experience where we cater to your digital and spiritual appetites, and build interest in the amateur radio hobby, one story at a time. Please stand by as we get ready to launch this episode of Radio on the Rocks. You are about to listen to a Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast interview, which occurred on April 15, 2019, in the Digicom Cafe Multimode Communications Network. With Denny JKD5DLJ and guest Neil Rapp, WB9 VPG of Bloomington, Indiana, and who is the host of Ham Talk Live.
1: We have here with us WB9 VPG, that's Whiskey Bravo 9, Victor Papa Golf, uh, Neil Rapp of bloomington indiana who is more well known for his ham talk live podcast which is very interesting very unique podcast so uh neil welcome to the digicom cafe why don't you start out by telling us the exciting story of how in the world did you get into ham radio at such a young age
2: i um i got started in ham radio pretty early i i don't remember a time when um Well, I barely remember a time, I should say, uh, when I was in a ham. Um, I got my novice license in 1976, and I was a little over five years old and um, was the youngest one in the world at the time to get a license. That record uh, was broken the following year. I was five years old, passed the the exam. Um, I got started um, working on the test. And by the way, congratulations to Lucas. That's, uh, that's a great thing. And, uh, just missed the general on the first shot. So that's great. Uh, that you got your technician license and, uh, I know you can't wait for that call sign to show up. Uh, hopefully that'll, uh, that'll be here soon, but I really got started just, hanging around my dad Uh, my dad had been introduced into ham radio um, when he was in high school he took a vocational electronics class at mount vernon uh, township high school in illinois and uh k4hax was the teacher and um he taught his class about ham radio and uh dad was interested he started working on his license started uh, learning all the electronics which he was a biomedical electronic technician for many many years that was his uh, career Um, but a doctor um, at the hospital where he's a biomedical electronic technician uh, gave him a box of old stuff and and there was a code oscillator, and so uh, many years later, after high school, uh, when I was about four or five, um, he got that code oscillator out of the closet and started working on it to fix it, and and got it making noises, and. Being a five year old, I had to know what all the noises were. So, Hey dad, what's that? And so he started to tell me what it was. He started to tell me, you know, it was the Morse code and every letter had a sound to it and, and we started playing around with it. And of course I got to, you know, hit the key and start making a bunch of noise. You know, I have no idea what I'm saying. Uh, but you know, I'm just making a bunch of noise. So dad decided it was time to finally you know, get his license. So he, he saw an ad for a non-credit course at the local community college and um, decided to take it. And um, he thought about taking me along because I, I kind of followed him wherever he went, even on um, calls to houses to fix televisions back in the day. Uh, I, I was an expert tube tester. Um, I'd go along with him and so he's like uh, well can I uh, you know I know it says that there's an age requirement here you got to be 13 to come to the class but uh, I've got my five-year-old son he behaves he's quiet he'll be fine can he come and just sit next to me and um, so they said well we're not real sure but you know we'll try it as long as he's quiet everything will be all right so um the code class started and he had his little notebook out and and was writing down the letters and so i had to have a notebook too so you know i could draw or whatever well i started writing down the letters too and everybody gets kind of started looking around like wait a minute this five-year-old's copying morse code and uh, so i just kept on and whatever dad did i did and Um, so I just kept on copying the code and all of a sudden I said, Hey, wait a minute, this kid might be able to pass the test. And, um, so I kept going every week and they said, okay, well, let you know, we'll see how he does. And, um, so after I think 10 weeks, uh, they, they gave the first opportunity to pass the Morse code test and. Dad passed, and, and I didn't. Um, you had to have 25 characters in a row at that point. Um, I got 23, so I just missed. Um, and they said, you know, oh, you'll get it. A little more practice. Come back, you know, and next time we give the test, you'll get it. So the next time, I got 104. Uh, so they actually passed the paper around that I... Um, copied the the code on and had everybody in the room sign it because they said the FCC is never going to believe this. Uh, So they all witnessed it, uh, sent it in um, to get my written exam mailed to my instructor to take it. That's the way you did novice at that point. And uh, it was delayed um, because I didn't know how to write cursive. I didn't know how to sign my name. I only knew how to print my name. So I printed my name on the 610, and they uh, they didn't like that. Uh, so sent in another 610. That's the old version of what's the 605 now. And um, and got the test and passed it. Uh, they mailed it in, and I got my license. So uh, that's how I got started.
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing. Well, you didn't stop there though, did you?
2: No, I kept going, uh, I, when my license came into mail, which we had to wait for him to come in the mail back, back then. And as I tell my uh, chemistry students at school, uh, back in the day when you had to walk to school uphill both ways without any shoes in the middle of a sharknado and a hurricane, uh. It came in the mail on a Saturday. My dad had to work overtime on Saturday, and so I was ready to get on the air. So I got on the air, <laughs> and my mom was an absolute nervous wreck uh, because she's like, oh, no, what if he does something wrong? What if he, you know, whatever. So I, I get on, and I just get my first contact right then and there, and it happened to be a reporter for the Associated Press in Washington, D.C., uh, was K3DIF and um, so he's like oh really you're you're five years old and you're you're novice and so we start talking and so he ended up doing a story about me and, and word got out and so I was featured on uh, CBS morning news and National Enquirer and all these uh, ham radio magazines around the world even one in Japan um, And, uh, in fact, the code sheet, if you look at my QRZ page, you can see, um, from 73 magazine, they actually printed my code test, uh, paper, uh, in 73 magazine. I've got uh, a link to it there, but, uh, I just, uh, got on, started make contacts in CW. And, uh, then dad came home and said, Oh, I guess, I guess you're doing this. Okay. So, (laughs) I kept on and started studying for my technician, uh, at age six. I got my technician. Uh, then I started working on general, got that at seven and, uh, advanced took a while. I had to take that a few times and, uh, got it by age nine. And at that point I had to do 20 words a minute code and I liked code, but I didn't like code that much. And so (laughs) I stopped at 13 words a minute and said, I'm not even going to try the extra class, but, uh, When I was eighteen, I wanted to get involved in the uh, brand new, at that point, uh, volunteer exam um, program and uh, and be an examiner. And they were just getting ready to phase the code out, and I wanted to kind of wanted to pass it before they took that away. So um, it took me several times to get twenty words a minute, but I finally got it. I think on the seventh try. but I finally got the 20 words a minute, uh, got the, uh, written a couple of times actually. Um, but, um, got the code finally and, and got extra and started uh, being a VE and started getting into, uh, repeaters, uh, met a, a friend that, uh, was doing some uh, new things with repeaters, remote receivers and, and, um, recorded IDs and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I kind of got involved in that and started, uh, started working a lot on repeaters and stuff, um, as I was getting into college.
1: Well, very good. Now looking at your QRZ page, it looks like you broke all the records for the earliest person to get your novice and then your, uh, various levels, general class and things. Do you still hold the record?
2: yeah i did set the record but i don't hold them anymore um advanced maybe be, just because it doesn't exist anymore uh i'm not sure on that one i know the technician i know the general and i know the extra have all been um uh, been beaten but uh, I, I set all the records at the time um Maybe the advanced, but I, I really don't claim it because I just don't know um, for sure.
1: Okay, well, still, that's very impressive. Uh, you got a very impressive QRZ page. Good story. neat pictures of you when you're younger and and your little document you talked about. That's very cool. Uh, I see you're on the uh, amateur radio newsline staff. Are you regularly out on assignment uh, doing stories?
2: Yeah, I started working with Newsline, actually, right as I was starting to uh, get into the, uh, the Ham Talk Live internet radio show. Um, did kind of both of those at the same time. I talked to uh, Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, that you've uh, had here on the show. um uh, uh, you know, he was doing uh, some cool stuff, and I kind of discovered Ham Nation and, and thought, hey, you know, this is kind of cool. And um, Christian, K0STH, does the uh, 100 Watts to Wire podcast, uh, came to interview um, our um, group from my high school where I teach. Um, we went to Contest University at Dayton, and, um, he was, uh, put in charge of, of making a video, uh, documentary of our visit to uh, contest university and got to know him. And he was starting up a, uh, an audio podcast, which was hundred Watts and a wire. And so I kind of got the bug. Uh, I, I would have been a broadcaster in college. That was my part-time job. That was my summer job. um, Started off doing some uh, sports announcing, some live sports announcing, uh, baseball and then basketball, and and uh, got noticed by some of the radio people and said, "Hey, we need somebody to fill in every once in a while." And so uh, I trained and started working at the station, and then all of a sudden they had a couple of people leave, and so within a week I was running the midday show. <laughs> um, so, I, I kind of got the, the broadcast bug, and and so, I, you know, I heard about this service called Spreaker um, on a talk radio ad, because I like to listen to talk radio a lot, and uh, decided to break into that, and then also signed up for Newsline. So, I started out just, you know, doing the what we call in the business the rip and read. Uh, somebody writes the article, and they email it to you, and you were record the audio so you just read it out loud and record it and send it in and uh, after I did that for a little while then uh, said well you know I'll, I'll try anchor so uh, I'm on the anchor rotation so uh, about once a month I will uh, anchor the uh, the whole newscast and um, you know kind of fill in between stories and uh, edit and produce everything and, and submit it and and I still get a lot of rip and reads. I still get a lot of uh, assignments. Um, I, I actually create a lot of my own uh, because I, I try to stay up on a lot of ham radio happenings. And so a lot of times I'm sending our editor, uh, Karen, Katie, to GUT, um, some ideas because I'll see something and then she'll say, okay, it's yours. <laughs> and so I end up... Uh, you know contacting people and uh, and getting the story for that so um that's something i do uh most weeks uh, just depends on the rotation and the need but uh really enjoy um doing amateur radio newsline i grew up listening to it um from almost the very beginning i remember when it was westlink uh before it was even newsline and Always enjoyed listening to it and finding out the latest news and so when I had a chance to, to meet Don and kinda of started uh talking to him, I said, Hey, you know, I I wouldn't mind uh volunteering a little bit. So um that's how I got involved in Newsline.
1: Well, I'd say you have a, a definite voice for radio. I enjoy listening to your podcast. From time to time and uh I bet your your students appreciate you as a teacher. I believe you're still teaching, are you not? And uh being uh working with kids. I'll bet you have somewhat of a passion for reaching young people and getting them into this hobby, aren't
2: you? Oh yeah. Uh, I I've been teaching chemistry for almost twenty six years now. Um, I had plans of going to medical school and uh got all the way up to the final interview and, and things didn't uh, work out. So I decided I was going to coach basketball and I already had a degree in chemistry. So <laughs> I started teaching chemistry and so I've been doing that ever since. And, uh, I've had ham radio, uh, clubs at every school that I've been at, uh, that's always been uh, a part because I want to give back. I want to, uh, to train them and get more young people in, and so that's something I'm really involved with. Um, I spend uh, a lot of my time answering emails and questions and stuff about how do I get you know, a ham radio club started, um, I do a segment on 100 Watts in a Wire for uh, how to get young people involved in ham radio. Uh, I'm the next-gen contester's contributing editor for the National Contest Journal uh, where I write articles and, and edit articles about young people Getting into hammer radio. So that's that's one of my big things um, Actually got a, a big project that I'm uh, working on right now, and I can't uh, divulge anything just yet, but I um, in a couple of months, we hope to have a, uh, a, a pretty big announcement about something for youth and amateur radio. So um, stay tuned, as they say.
1: Well, I definitely want to follow up with that one. Uh, we might have to do another cafe cast on that because that's what our uh, mission is here, too. And also that of the organization I'm a member of called the Guild, the Worldwide Amateur Radio Guild. And uh, it's a wonderful platform for hams and non-hams to mix together, just like we've got here in the cafe. Uh, But I'm kind of curious to know what your experience has taught you in terms of how do you reach this generation? My thought is you've got to reach them where they're at and with what they've got, and that's a smartphone. But how do you get kids interested in amateur radio these days? Uh, I had a conversation earlier today on our system with a guy in Madeira Island in Portugal, He's 38, and he says he talks to his friends about what he's doing in radio, and they all think he's crazy, and they're not the least bit interested. So, uh, man, it's a different world we're in from when you and I were young. How do you get kids interested in this hobby anymore?
2: Well, first of all, after having me in class uh, for a while, they already know I'm crazy. So (laughs) that kind of takes that part of it out. But now – You know, the ideal age is middle school, Uh, as as Don likes to say, it's before the fumes, the car fumes and the perfumes. Uh, So high school is a little late to be doing that. But we've had uh, tremendous success at Bloomington South. We've been uh, really involved in school club roundup. We won um, three in a row. Uh, We just came in second, uh, we believe. We haven't uh, received the official results yet. from the last one here a couple months ago yet but uh looks like we're second uh, but contesting has been a big thing uh, I, I really like contesting for young people because it's uh scripted it's predictable uh they don't have to make a lot of conversation they don't have to talk a lot and they can run up the score um it's that competition um our our society is, is thriving on competition everybody's got to be better than the other everybody's gonna win everybody's got to you know uh, do better and and you know in in athletics uh, you know it, it's a non-stop battle to be better than everybody else so you can win and and so our kids good or bad connect with that and um, so the contesting aspect of things has been really big but The way I introduce ham radio in my class is when we talk about the electromagnetic spectrum, which isn't exactly the uh, most fun topic to learn about. So I pull out a radio, and I start demonstrating the differences between the energy of an AM broadcast station versus an FM broadcast station. and explain it's not about being AM or FM. It's about the frequency that they're on. And our school is a natural Faraday box, Um, so it's really hard to get a a signal. So if I get, like, under one of the vents, I can start to pick things up a little bit. And so it really attenuates the signal for me kind of naturally. And so I'll get on, you know, the local AM station, and, you know, it barely comes in. You can barely listen to it with a good receiver with an alarm clock radio or something, you can't even hear it. Um, And then I switch over to an FM station. And all of a sudden, you know, it starts coming in stronger. And we connect it to cell phones. And and a lot of kids don't realize that, yeah, it's a radio. It's a radio inside of that cell phone. That's how those, you know, waves get to the cell towers. And uh, I talk about all the things that are on radio waves, like drive up windows at McDonald's. You can listen to the headsets. Um, if you go to an IndyCar an NASCAR race, you can listen to the drivers, you know, on a scanner, on a radio. And um, there's all kinds of stories that I can tell, mostly from college, of, of things that you can listen to. <laughs> And I won't divulge all of them, but, uh, for obvious reasons, but, uh, there's, there's some stuff out there that, you know, is kind of entertaining to listen to. And, and so I say, you know, and so if you're interested in this kind of thing, uh, we meet on, you know, Mondays after school from three to four Come join us. We, we talk to people all over the world and, um, we have a, uh, a world champion, contesting team and, and we've got a big stepper yaggy up on the roof and everything and and so a lot of them come in and want to see what it's about and sometimes they stay sometimes they don't um, a lot of them stay just because they've been around me and they know that um, you know I'm a safe person to be around and an interesting person to be around and, and they want to make that connection so um, sometimes it's not even about radio. It's about the, the personal connections that you make with them. So it just depends. Um, it, it really varies. And, and even, uh, the activities that we do vary from year to year. Some real like digital other years, they don't want to do digital. They want to get on the mic. They don't want to mess with, with having get on the computer and configure everything. They just want to grab the mic and go as fast as they can go.
1: So, I I change it up uh, depending on what they want to do. I like that uh, they know you as a safe person. And uh, we've already talked in advance about uh, the fact that you are also a person of faith, member of uh, the CARF group. And uh, I'm sure your students all probably know that you're a Christian, and that makes you even uh, more safe. And you probably get an opportunity to be a positive influence in their lives in many ways, don't you?
2: Well, I do, and and you know it's it's kind of difficult being a public school teacher. You know, uh, there's there's only so much you can talk about. Um, but I try to be the positive influence. Uh, it, it, you know, I do mention from time to time. Well, when I was working with my youth group at church, or when I was doing this, or when I was doing that, and. So, you know, there's the hints are there. Um, uh, can't always, um, you know, be, be real direct with it. But, um, but, you know, like I said, the example is there and that's what we're supposed to do set an example and, and, uh, try to serve others. And, and that, and that's what I try to do. Um, uh, but yeah, I've been a member of car since, oh my goodness. Uh, late 70s early 80s um one of the guys um from my home church was a missionary um he actually had an electronic shop in my town and then decided to uh, go to seminary and and become trained and become a missionary uh for the christian church and so um he was a ham and uh he took his ham gear with him, and he started off in uh, Liberia His uh, Echo Lima 1 Charlie, and uh, I was his QSL manager um, as a probably eight-year-old, nine-year-old, something like that, and, and we'd get on and talk to him once a week, and, and that was the only communication they really had. I mean, every once in a while, they could run into town and use a phone, and Um, You know, pay the long distance charges to call uh, call their parents, and that's about it. uh, Other than mail, which took a month or more, Um, so we did a lot of phone patches. We did a lot of messaging. Uh, I took care of uh, sending out QSL cards, and then they uh, they moved to Nigeria, and uh, that became an even bigger challenge uh, for communications. And so we were kind of their. Their lifeline there um, and um, a, a good missionary story here uh, one time uh, the government was listening to uh, to the conversation that we were having and said hey you know hey Bob how's everything going today and he said well everything's just cool and the government thought that cool was a code word and so they actually came in hauled him off to the Capitol, uh, locked him up, confiscated all the equipment. Um, after a few days was finally able to convince them that it was just a ham radio. They were just, you know, having a casual conversation and we didn't hear from him for weeks. And so we were pretty scared. And, uh, then we got word, well, you know, this is what happened. And so, uh, they, they finally let me go and, and released the equipment, but said, we will be listening. And so uh, they decided it wasn't worth it, and they just boxed everything up. Uh, so that was kind of the end of, of the uh, the QSL manager position. But uh, for many years, we, uh, we did all the phone patches and everything for that, and, and that was a big thing back then. Um, but uh, always been uh, been a friend of CARF and uh, and always enjoy uh, the chance uh, to see them at Hamvention and uh, and here and there as I can. I'm not super involved. Uh, I, I, I you know wish I had time to be more involved, but uh, but always been a member.
1: That's that's very very good. Very exciting. Now you speak of equipment. Uh, make us drool a little bit. At your school, tell us what you've got in that club station. Oh, my
2: goodness. Well, we started off with a station grant from ARL, And so we got a, a Yaesu FT-847 and an R6000 vertical and some coax and a, and a dual-band Yagi for VHF and UHF. Um, and just kind of, you know, started out. with with a decent rig and over the years it's just grown um we we decided that the vertical had to go um it had been um broken a couple of times and had actually punched a hole in the roof once and so we decided uh it, it was time to get something else um so i asked the kids uh, i said okay we can either get a new vertical or we can get a uh you know a beam or we can you know go for the you know the grand prize and get this stepper and here's what's uh here's the cost of all of these things and i, I threw you know eight thousand dollars at them for the stepper by the time we got the tower and rotor and, and everything they said we're going for the stepper and and i I admit I I was skeptical I I didn't think they could do it Um, but I said well I'm not going to impede their progress so we'll try and if they don't make it quite that far then we'll go for maybe a tri-band or beam or something but they did it they they wrote letters to all these places and fundraised and the school said uh, we'll match uh, what you get, and so because they they didn't want the vertical either because it punched a hole in the roof. So uh, <laughs> so we ended up getting a two element stepper with the uh, 30 and 40 meter dipole option built in it. and um, wire antennas up on the roof of the school just do not work. Um, so it, it's a good thing we did go with that because, uh, it, it really works well. And I, 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 really wish I had one at home. Um, cause I come home to my off center fed dipole and I'm just like, oh, maybe I need to go to school <laughs> for this contest. Um, so we got that and then, uh, just out of the blue, um, I had a donor come in and, and say, Well, you know, I know you're raising money for this amplifier, but I really think touchscreen technology would would really be, you know, better for your students. And so, I'm going to drop ship an IC7300 to you. I'm like, um, okay. (laughs) So, a week later, the 7300 shows up. So, we've got a 7300 now that we use for HF. The uh, 847 is our VHF UHF rig now. And, uh, and we did uh, manage to get the amplifier from um, another good Christian ham radio friend of mine, um, um, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, uh, spearheaded the fundraising for that. He, he made us a deal at, at Contest University. He said, you bring your, your group to Contest University, and you go back, and you get DXCC in CQ Worldwide. SSB and ready just those two contests you get DXCC just out of those we'll get you the amplifier so we did (laughs) Uh, I had one kid that got probably 96 out of the hundred and some that we got Um, he came in and he worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and and some of the others did too but he Ryan really went after it and so uh, we got a solid state uh, amplifier it's only 600 watts because uh we're kind of stuck on 110 volts we don't have a 220 line and i wasn't about to try to get a 220 line run at the school so um it's only 600 watts but it makes a, a big difference so um i i love our station uh i have been known to stick around and use it every once in a while. (laughs) If there's a de-expedition on or something that I want, I will sneak up there and and grab it. But um, it's a great environment for the the kids at school. Um, some, Some great equipment that they get to use, and it makes... Getting them interested and, uh, and keeping them interested in ham radio a whole lot easier. So I'm very thankful for um, all of the donations from, from ARL and from Dave Anderson, K4SV, for the 7300, and Dr. Scott Wright and all the people um, who contributed to um, Scott's effort to get us the amplifier.
1: Oh, that's amazing wonderful opportunity for those kids i got my license in high school by the way and we had a club station too and my electronics instructor was also a christian and as part of his class he challenged us and he said if anyone here would like to get some extra credit i will help you get your amateur radio license so i got my novice when i was 17 and we had a drake uh set up there in the school shack with a ta 33 on the roof so yeah that's a that's a good time to get into the hobby but I know you're into uh, many other things and uh, probably too many to talk about, but I do want to focus on your uh, Ham Talk Live podcast. Uh, tell us how that came to be and uh, what it is you're trying to accomplish through that podcast.
2: Yeah, you're right. I'm involved in too many things. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes uh, scheduling can be a little rough. Uh, but fortunately, uh, we, we hit a good point today. I got my uh, promotions done for the show right before, uh, I I got on here and, or, or, or thought I got on here. I guess I was actually on here a lot earlier and didn't know it because the program was running in the background, but, um, but yeah, ham talk live just came about from missing broadcasting. Um. and it's kind of a, a funny story, you know. I, I talked about, you know, how I ended up getting hired at the local radio station, um, and kind of started off as a fill-in, and and actually, uh, station managers changed a year into that, and a uh, ham uh, ended up being uh, the station manager, and uh, so he he kind of, you know. Was keeping an eye on me and everything, and and actually uh, got me a, a, a Saturday morning sports show going and, and some things. Um, but I really wanted to get into talk radio, and they had a talk radio suite there, but they didn't ever use it. Everybody's playing music, and the station I worked at, ironically, was a country music station, and i have never been a fan of country music don't tell anybody but <laughs> i was never a fan of country music but that was the job and so i did it uh, occasionally I, i'd help out at the easy listening station on the street i always joked that it was the muzak affiliate in town uh but I, i'd help out there but i was on on the Country station because that's the one that needed somebody live and and somebody that knew how to run everything and and you know my ham radio came in handy because occasionally I'd do a little engineering on the side if something broke and they couldn't get it fixed and you know in the, the right amount of time I'd you know slip down and switch some coax around or something um, on some remotes and things like that but um i really wanted to do talk radio and i never got a chance to do it and um i knew radio wasn't going to be a career for me um i knew i couldn't do that full-time but i really enjoyed it and um so like i said when um when i found out about um, you know the ham nation thing and they were interviewing us uh at the school for that and Kind of started watching that and what Don was doing with that, which I'd listened to Don for years on Newsline. Um, And then Christian started talking about his podcast, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe I need to start, you know, thinking about volunteering for Newsline. And then I'm driving and listening to talk radio, and I hear this ad over Christmas break. Spreaker, and it's like you know you can have your own internet radio station um, for free you know you're limited you know uh to 15 minutes but we've got a free trial you know try it out and so i did um I started playing around with it and i'm like yeah i i want to do this i want to do a talk radio show and thing that you know i can talk about the most and and know a lot of people um and can make some connections with you know some of the experts in the industry it, it it's ham radio and so i decided uh that you know two months later i was going to launch ham talk live and the idea was to get people listening live so that they would call in and it'd just be like talk radio that I listen to, uh, you throw out a topic and you start taking calls. Um, unfortunately that's not the way it, it works. Most of the time, uh, so many people, you know, listen to everything recorded. They don't listen live. Uh, we don't watch live TV that much anymore as a society. You know, if there's something on, you DVR it and, you know, watch it later whenever you want to. And, and that's kind of happened with the uh, internet radio. Uh, everybody listens to the podcast version. Um, and, and with my show, you know, I have over a thousand people listening to the show, and 20 to 80 of them are, are listening live. All the rest of them are listening to it up to three weeks later. Um, so it, it didn't quite go the way I wanted. I'd still like to get it there as people find out about it. Um, we've done it a couple of times and it's worked, um, but it, it's kind of hard to get people to to call in. I get a lot of tweets. I get a lot of messages um, on Spreaker, but um, I, I wanted to connect the experts to everybody it's a teaching thing again I I try to teach I try to entertain and and some episodes you listen to there's not a whole lot of learning going on I will admit that Uh (laughs) sometimes we get a little crazy like for Valentine's Day we did ham radio dating stories which actually turned out to be a pretty popular episode but uh but most weeks, you know, 80% of the time, you're going to learn something if you listen to the show. And that's the the teacher in me again. Um, so I, I pick a topic. I pick an expert. We do an interview for about 15 to 20 minutes so that the listeners can get to know, um, you know, what the topic is and what it's about. And then we open up the phone lines and ask for questions. And I I watch uh, on Twitter, we get the tweets. Um, If you're on Spreaker, you can type directly into Spreaker and leave a comment, and I'll see that on the screen as we go. Um, So we try to answer those questions and uh, give people a chance to, to find out the answers live. Um, and here in a month we'll be doing a live show from Dayton we're going to do weather we're going to do traffic we're going to do parking uh, we're going to do everything that you would normally get turning on you know the local AM talk radio channel but for hamvention Um, and and so that's just been a lot of fun I enjoy it Uh, I'm not out to uh to make a name or make a buck um uh, definitely not a buck uh but it, it's just a lot of fun i enjoy it and and as long as i'm enjoying it i'll, I'll keep doing it and uh so far we've uh we've got 160 episodes in and uh, started working on 161 yesterday which will be thursday night um, which starts out the uh hamvention preview we're going to talk about amsat academy so um that's what that's what i'm doing with ham talk live and uh, we've been lucky to have some sponsors come along to help pay for it um so it's uh, pretty much an even deal so uh, i'm not out any money i'm not really making anything either but um but at least it uh, it helps pay bills
1: well guess what today you are live and being recorded. Uh, I also kind of enjoy broadcasting. Just getting into this, we have uh, set up a IceCast server for the cafe. I call it Cafe on Ice, and it is a live streaming uh, server. We are partnering with Branson Radio, bransonradio.com, and they get uh, 2.5 million visitors a year on their website. I've got an ad for my Cafe on Ice, Radio on the Rocks uh, cafe cast there on their website and so in the background of the cafe it's like sitting at this table which we're doing here by the way and you can hear the ambient sounds of the cafe with the dishes and the murmuring in the background and BransonRadio.com playing in the background and our conversation is now live streaming on this radio station on IceCast, but of course with the uh, the tools that we have here on Zello I also have it all recorded so I can then take this and put it on my cafe cast and upload it. Uh, I will upload it shortly to SoundCloud, to my account there, where people can listen to it time-delayed. And I've only been doing this for a month, and we've already got, uh, well, see, you're going to be number 31. So uh, we're adding them fast and furious here. It's not a weekly thing. It's uh, almost a daily thing. And uh, today will be two for today. Uh, but... Uh, Less of me, more of uh, you guys. I want to hear more stories from people in ham radio and people who have a, uh, a passionate lifestyle, a never go hungry lifestyle, I call it. Uh, they have a passion for uh, uh, ministry or uh, some kind of a vision or goal they want to accomplish in life that is very inspirational for everybody else. So that's uh, kind of what we're doing in the Cafe Cast. Uh, but quite different from what most others are doing. You're doing something different, very interesting and exciting, and we appreciate uh, all that you're contributing and giving back to the hobby and for the example you're being, uh, not only in your school, but through your podcast. So uh, we appreciate your taking this hour to uh, join us in the cafe here, and uh, I know we've got several people out there that may have a question. So uh, being as this is live, uh, if anyone out there would like to ask Neil a question, uh, feel free to jump in. Well, I think we covered everything pretty nicely there, Neil. Great job. Uh, we're also conflicting with another net that is uh, occurring on the Guild, on the Guild QSO channel, and that is the Coffee Net, led by Shorn, who is not a ham, but this uh, net is designed for hams and non-hams together. Uh, Shorn is in Trinidad, Tobago. He's a a great guy and leads this particular net on Wednesday evenings at 4 p.m. Central. So we're kind of conflicting there a little bit. But uh, I think a lot of the, some of the folks have been over there joining that net too. Well, anyway, I think we'll wrap it up here and let you get back to uh, what you were doing. You may be even at school yet wishing you could get home. I'm not sure. But do you have any final closing comments? Any words of encouragement for the young hams that are listening? Maybe the ones that aren't licensed that are thinking about it or the, uh, young Lukester there that uh, is getting ready to advance his amateur radio status. Uh, go ahead and tie the ribbons on it.
2: Okay. Well, as they say on my show, that's a wrap and so am I, uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah, you know, uh I was working on promos for, for this was Ham Talk Live and, and just kind of working on that kind of stuff. I'm working on some, uh, giveaways, uh, for Hamvention for people who, uh, show up there, uh, both for Newsline and for, uh, Ham Talk Live. And, um, so we'll, we'll get back to that, but I did, did get home. And, um, so that, uh, I, I'm in the recliner here and not, uh, not in the, uh, desk chair at work, but, um, but thanks for having me on appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll get you to, uh, we'll get you on, uh, on the other show as soon as we get all this, uh, handvention stuff over with, but, um, for the young people out there, find somebody that will let you, you know, try out the station. Um, I, i I'm, one of the things that I learned very early on with, teaching young people and trying to get people into ham radio is getting a license is not the most fun way for them to start out Um, taking a test when they're inundated with tests in fact right now we're in the middle of two weeks of testing and we've already had a week of testing at school in addition to all the tests that I give in my class and all the other classes, and so the idea of taking another test just isn't real exciting. And so, get on the radio, have some fun, learn about how to make contacts. You know, get on a club station, get on somebody else's station, and, and try it, and and see what you can do with it, and, and then you can worry about trying to to get the license. Have a control operator there to be legal and, and give it a try. And if you're trying to get your license and you're struggling, keep at it. Uh, you know, I had to take my extra class code seven times before I got it. Um, I, I think the tech and the general, I think I had to take three times uh, advanced may have been like four or five and, and you had to travel, to, you know, a couple of hours away to go take a test. And it was only four times a year back then. It's a whole lot easier now. Uh, so take advantage of that. And, and, you know, uh, when you're ready, you know, give it a shot. It's not going to hurt anything to give it a try. Um, just hang in there and keep at it. And, and, and the more you experience ham radio, I think the more you understand what's on the test and you know, th- that may be the thing that you need to do first is to, to get the experience and, and then the test kind of falls in place. So um, that would be my advice is, is, is find somebody that, that will mentor you. So find somebody that will help you um, through that. And there's, tons of online resources out there you just have to to dig through and find one that, that works best for you so that would be my advice so i will um say seven three to everybody and uh, as we say on ham talk live may the good dx be yours so back to you denny
1: <laughs> thank you very much neil this has been a real treat and that's going to make an excellent cafe cast for uh... bringing someone into this hobby one way or the other and that's our goal here is to uh... build the guild build the worldwide amateur radio guild as an organization and as a hobby one story at a time thank you for sharing yours god bless you seventy three and seventy five from the digicom cafe
2: and it's nice to have another show say seven five because I get a lot of questions. What's I know what seven three is. What's seven five? And so we actually did an whole episode on the meaning of seventy-five. So so that's good. I like I like hearing that. So uh seven three seven five. May the good DX be yours.
0: Thank you for listening to this Radio on the Rocks Cafe cast. Visit our website at digiconcafe.com to see our extensive digital buffet menu, and listen to all of the live conversations on our Café On Ice stream. Or this and many more episodes of our Café Cast.